Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 143 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the cookie creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you're listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back at Blog Talk Radio, and this is going to be the final show of 2015. I cannot believe it's over. I can believe. I felt 2015. I felt every day of it. I felt the year. I can't even say it flew by, but it is odd to be at the end of it now. Um, but this is going to be the last show this year, and so I'm going to be taking at least a week, maybe a couple of weeks off, depending on how it goes, just so that I can have some time to recharge and plan and dream myself into 2016. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who filled out the survey a couple of weeks ago that I sent in my newsletter because you all had some awesome ideas. I'm definitely taking all of that into account when I'm planning 2016. I called that like co-creating 2016 because I really mean it. I want to, I want it, you know, creating Kick-Ass Switch to be a partnership with you. So thank you for contributing that way. And hopefully (laughs) I come up with some good stuff for you um, in the new year. But today I have what I think is the perfect way to end the show, another special guest. She is a feng shui expert, a desire map facilitator, an LOA, law of attraction practitioner, a mom, a nana, which is hard to believe considering the way she looks. (laughs) She looks so young and beautiful. Um, And just all-round, new-agey, health-conscious, light worker, and my friend, Lisa. Lisa Janheit or Janheit? Am I saying your name it's, right, Lisa? It's Janheit. Janheit. Yes. Lisa, 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 thank you so much for joining me today and helping oh. me end 2015 on a light, positive note. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, and I also, I didn't add in um that you have been living with cancer for a while to the intro because I wanted people to get a full picture of who you are as a woman because you are not cancer, but I wanted to talk to you because you have cancer. And a lot of people are dealing with this right now in their own lives, whether it's themselves or a loved one. And um, I wanted to put in context that you are all these things, law of attraction practitioners, so new agey, so health conscious, such a light worker, and um, you are living with this diagnosis in such an inspiring way that um, I just thought it was fitting for the winter solstice because we are now, you know, here in the darkest time of the year mm-hmm. and we're lighting our candles as a symbol of that spark of light that we all have inside and the coming light that's coming. And to me, you embody that completely. Oh, thank you. I appreciate I appreciate all your kind words. 
it's all true. <laughs> and I mean, for those of you listening, I interact with Lisa fairly regularly. <laughs> she's a um she's in the Psycho Spiritual of the Year group and she shows up there most Tuesdays and then sits there and does card readings for people to inspire them in their own life while she's dealing with her own health problems and that I actually get choked up every time I see you've posted that again, Lisa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, share what I live and, and, you know, spread positive words because, you, I mean, you don't have to, you know, you can have health problems, whether it's cancer or something else, it doesn't much matter. That doesn't mean you can't still live life and, you know, live a life that has light. You know, there are, there are the shadows everywhere. There are in everyone's life, but, you know, you don't have to always look at the shadows. You can look for the light, and and that's what I try to do. Yeah, and you are. You bring so much light. I think, I actually don't think there are a lot of health problems that have that same ring to it. Like when you hear the word cancer, I feel like mm-hmm. that really strikes so much fear in the hearts of so many people, myself included. And mm-hmm. I know before we started the show, we were talking about, like, oh, I'm kind of nervous to talk about the C word because I feel like I have to walk on eggshells. It makes me so uncomfortable um, personally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that's something we should talk about because how do you talk to somebody when they're living? You've been going through a long journey with cancer. It has come back and left and mm-hmm. come back, and you've been poked and prodded and lost your mm-hmm. hair. Like, what is appropriate? <laughs> you know what I mean? I worry. Do yeah. I ask? Do I ask too much? Do I not ask enough? Should I mention it? Should I not? Well, I I think the tricky part is is it it depends on the person. In my particular case, I'm I'm very open about it. I don't I don't necessarily go telling everybody about it, but if they ask me about it, you know, I'm I'm very happy to have a conversation with them. And I think, in my opinion, the best thing you could do is just, you know, if you know somebody, just kindly say, you know, I'm interested in how you're doing, but I, I don't know how much to ask you, you know, tell me about your situation or would you prefer I don't talk about it? I mean, I... I'm honest almost to a fault sometimes, which sometimes drives people crazy. But, um, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of the issues is we just we aren't honest with each other and we just don't ask. Um, you know, and there's some people that don't like to talk about it. Some people like to keep it very private. Um, the worst thing you can do is try to give them advice, though. Asking them about how they're doing or asking if there's anything you can do is the best thing you can do possibly until they, you know, shut you down. But particularly once you're diagnosed, everybody wants to give you advice. And they mean it in a good way, but it gets very overwhelming sometimes. So that's kind of my general advice. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine the advice is very conflicting, especially if you're new agey. You must get a lot of... um, <laughs> you must get a lot of hippie advice, and the, don't you do a mixture of you do like allopathic medicine and all the hippie things? You kind of walk with one foot in both worlds that way. Um, I do. I did. I've been and just to kind of give people a little bit more information. I've been dealing with this for five and a half years now. Um, I I was out out the gate at stage four um, with you know breast cancer, and it was in my ovaries and. 12 out of 12 lymph nodes on my left side were affected. Um, so, you know, I mean, I was I was right there at stage four, you know, there being no stage five. And it, I've, I've 
do Western medicine and then I do other things. Currently, I'm doing less of the other things because I'm going through chemotherapy. So it just depends on what kind of Western medicine I'm doing as to what kind of other things I do. Um, The important thing to note is, for the most part, supplements are important. If your doctor doesn't want to give you supplements, they'll let you eat almost anything you can, and that's where I'm currently at. My doctor doesn't really want me to take supplements, but he's like, you know, you can eat as many, you know, antioxidant berries as you want to, but don't take an antioxidant berry supplement. So um, I do kind of walk both paths, but, you know, to me, one of the biggest things I discovered is that, for instance, the book Radical Remission talks about nine different things that, that people that radical remission have in common, and two of the main things are what you would expect, radically changing your diet and using herbs and supplements. Seven, the other seven things are basically all about you know, your body, your mind-body-spirit connection. So they're taking control of your health, following your intuition, releasing suppressed emotions, increasing positive emotions, embracing social support, deepening your spiritual connection, and having strong reasons for living. So I think, I think that really gets missed when it comes to the overall thing. And, you know, doing those last seven things, is not going to conflict with whatever you're doing. So those, I think, are very important. And um, I don't know if that kind of answered right. your question. <laughs> it, it does. It does. Especially don't give advice because it's hard for me because I'm such a health nut. You know, I want to be like, right. you need to do this. and <laughs> It's hard to keep a lid on it, um, not just, you know, with my family especially, um, just any little health thing. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, biting my tongue. Um but we don't know. I mean, that's the thing. That is what I really wanted to emphasize. I mean, you're a woman who is very health conscious and very um, aware spiritually, and this happened to you. Bad things happen to people, and they're not always bad. They're illuminating. It's mm-hmm. that, you know, illumination in the dark kind of thing. But cancer can happen to you. you there's nothing you can do to 100% um, ensure that you will never get that. And right. um did you feel, how did you feel when you first got a stage four diagnosis? Did you feel betrayed? Did you feel like you did something wrong? Or did you just take it as like the next step on your journey? What was your attitude way back um, in the day, five and a half years ago? I was, I was, you know, I mean, first first and foremost, I was dumbfounded because I, I really didn't have any of the precursors to breast cancer other than the fact that, that my menstrual cycle started when I was fairly young. Otherwise, it wasn't in my family. I'm not overweight, you know, or anything like that. Um, so I was pretty dumbfounded. I think one of the best things that helped me as far as my personality goes is I'm the type of person that given something happens, that kind of just puts me into, okay, let's start planning. Let's start doing, let's, you know, start taking care of this. My natural affinity is not to necessarily hide. (laughs) Um, Mm. So, you know, I just kind of go, you know, right into planning mode. And I know that's not the way everybody works. You know, some people need to process it. Some people need to, to, you know, deal with the grief and that type of thing. And um, I certainly had and even have my days of of dealing with the grief. Um, But, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well, and, and I'm very much a question asker, so I just, you know, started making lists. I started asking questions, and I really stood up for myself. But, I mean, 
the thing that really made the difference to me was finding Chris Carr. I mean, she's got over 20 tumors, and she's been living with them for, you know, like 11 years now. When I found her book, which was really early on, I was like, okay, if this person can do this, even if it's a different cancer, then I I can do it, you know. So I think that it really helps that kind of social support thing, even if it's social support by a book that you read or something like that, um, is important. So I basically, when I pick books, I pick books that have more of a positive slant. Now, they're not Pollyanna books necessarily. They're realistic. But, you know, I mean, if I can choose a book that's all black and white and kind of boring and all medical, or I can pick a book that has very similar information but is, beautiful pages and beautiful colors and has funny things in it and easy to um, to digest material like Chris's books are, then that's what I do. So I just kind of went, you know, right into that mode and, and picked those things and went that direction. But, you know, sh- her big thing is, you know, she's the CEO of Save My Ass Incorporated, and that was kind of <laughs> one of the things that, that I embraced right away. And, I mean, I fired my surgeon and my plastic surgeon a day before I was supposed to have my surgery for my mastectomy. But, you know, they didn't like, they didn't want to hear what I had to say. And I was like, if you're not even going to talk to me, just cancel the surgery. I'm going to go someplace else. So, um, I mean, I really embraced, you know, taking control. You know, and you really aren't in control. But I think that was a big thing. It was taking control of whatever I could control. And for me, it was making you know, as informed decisions as I could with Western medicine. It was, you know, what can I do with integrated medicine? You know, what can I control? Well, I can control what I eat. So what can I, how can I change what I eat? Um, you know, and stuff like that. So I think it's important when you're in such an out-of-control situation to do what you can to help you feel more in control. That's probably one of the biggest tips I can give. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you said about Chris Carr, it's like um, seeing that she did it allowed you to see that, oh, I can do it too. She can do it. Right. I can do it. And she's such a great example. She just glows. Like you sense yes. her you sense her living her life and being mm-hmm. on a positive path and being happy with the life that mm-hmm. she's chosen and thriving. She's definitely not a survivor. She's a thriver. Right. <laughs> and yeah. my, another again, of my favorite words. that's – Exactly, and that's why I wanted to have you on, too, because this isn't just about cancer. This could be anything, like fill right. in the, the blank with what it is for you. I mean, mm-hmm. on a much smaller level, people know that I've been sleeping on my couch and living out of trash bags for months because I got mm-hmm. a bed bug infestation in my home. And you can't compare that to cancer, really. Those are two just on the opposite ends of spectrums. But it broke me down emotionally. It made me question things. And then you see mm-hmm. someone like you who's, like, showing up and being a light in the world under what I would consider much worse circumstances, and you're like, okay, if Lisa can do that, I can do this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it doesn't matter what it is for you. It could be something very small, but right. when you see someone doing what you're doing and making a beautiful life for themselves regardless of the circumstance, it's inspiring. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, I mean, the whole glass is half full, glass is half empty is, you know, kind of a way overused cliche that drives a lot of people crazy. But, you know, really that's what it is because life is the story that you live and the story that you tell. You know, I mean, if somebody cuts you off in traffic, you can swear at them and beat your steering wheel and, 
you know, and, and go on and get to work and tell this negative story about this guy that was a jerk or girl that's a jerk and, and then go home to your husband or, or girlfriend or whatever and tell the same story over again. Or you can tell the story that, you know, hey, what if this person was rushing their child to the hospital? What if their wife is in labor and they're rushing to meet their wife? Because you're never going to know, you know, you're never going to know why that person cut you off for the most part. So it's a story that you tell. And if you have that choice, why tell a negative story? Um, you know, and I mean, you don't want to live in a Pollyanna yeah. world. I still, I, I want honesty from my doctor. But, you know, like he told me one day, he's like, you know, you are going to need um, morphine to take morphine. I never, I never have taken the morphine. But, and I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, you need to change that wording to you might need morphine. You might want to get that prescription. Because you don't know if I'm going to need it. I may never need it. I mean, Theoretically, with my diagnosis and the way it had metastasized, five years is kind of the limit. And I'm at five and a half years, and I didn't even have any kind of um, physical impacts on my life until I was like four and a half, four and three quarters years into it. And that was the first time it actually physically impacted my life other than when I had surgeries or something like that. Um, So, you know, it is all about the story, and you don't want to pretend that it doesn't exist, but... You know, if you can say it's going to kill you, you could say it might not kill you. You know, I mean, it, both of them are true, you know. Yep, that whole it, it, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Like right. sometimes you hear that and you just want to punch the person in the face. Right. Like how dare you <laughs> yep. say that to me right now. Other times you hear it and it's like totally this is going to make me stronger. And it's it's about perspective. I, I talk about that so much here because it, I really believe what Joseph Campbell said about um you know well he just said it pretty bluntly like there is no meaning to life the meaning of life is what you give it you give your life meaning and that's Mm -hmm. just what you're outlining about the stories that you tell interestingly i did go to your blog um let me repeat that lisa is a feng shui expert and she has a blog with a lot of cool tips on feng shui if you guys are into that um you know it's bringing harmony into your home too yeah Well, your last post that you did was in November, and it happened to be about light. And I was like, well, that's kind of perfect, because that's all I'm thinking about right now is light, you know, as we're celebrating the solstice right now and welcoming Mm -hmm. back the sun and all of that. I thought that was so fitting. And I also wanted to ask you about, I'm going to start rushing you now because we're running out of time, and I definitely want to talk about the desire map. But I wanted to get your take on harmony versus balance because mm-hmm. you took issue with that on your website. I did. Yep. Which we should give. Let's give people the URL now while we're talking about it. Okay. It's uh, www.lisa, so L I S A, yan, which is J A H N.com. Okay. LisaYan.com, www. Dot first, you got to put that in there. Um, yep. So, can you tell us about harmony versus balance? Like using, you were talking about, you know, telling certain stories. I think it's important, right, to be well, conscious of the words you choose as well. So, mm-hmm. can you make a differentiation there? Um, well, to me, you you can never be in balance. And Danielle Laporte, who's um, kind of the the desire map person, um, kind of brought this to my attention. You can never really be in balance because as soon as you're in balance, something else is going to happen that's going to start tweaking you out of balance and you've got to rebalance. So you're never really in balance. But when I, so when I looked at it and I was kind of looking at my um, core desired feelings, which is one of the things that she talks about, and I 
thought, well, what's similar to that that would fit? And basically, to me, it's harmony or um, to feel harmonious is one of my core desired feelings. Because the thing is, is you can always be in harmony because the thing is, is when the music changes, then you change your dance step. So you change mm. your harmony. So you're, it's always ebb and flowing because it doesn't matter what it is. It's going to change. You know what I mean? We're not stagnant. We're not, you know, that just isn't the way life is. It's whether it's, you know, the temperature today and you have to change what you wear or whatever. So you're just, you're always creating and you're always changing the harmony. And the other thing is, is one person might like a certain kind of harmony and another person might like a different kind of harmony um, or a different dance step to whatever the harmony happens to be. So to me, that's the biggest difference. And and that's why um, I kind of named my my business or more so my passion um, harmony of life design because it, it is all about the harmony of the life that you design. I am so glad I asked that question. That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah, I just felt something shift inside. That makes so much sense. I love the way you put that. I think so. I, you know, it is. You know, and I and I also I have to give Susan Weed a little bit of credit for that as well because in her um, breast cancer breast health book she talks about dancing with breast cancer and I very much feel that's that's what I've been doing because you know just when we get one medicine that's working then it stops working and the dance changes and I have to change a different different dance step so to me it's been a dance it's been you know a five and a half year dance and I just keep I just keep changing as it changes because I have to you know Wow, I all the hairs on my arms and my scalp are standing up. This is just like meant to be that I'm having this conversation with you, Lisa. You just explained 2015 for me so perfectly. <laughs> I've been trying to right? do that in my own life, but having that context now of it being a dance and harmony, I'm such a musical person, that mm-hmm. makes so much sense. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm you're a desire map facilitator. Sorry, um, you lead Desire Map um, workshops. Is that what you do? Yep. Yep. I haven't so done that many. So how does that work? Um, I haven't done that many, but it's it's something I'd like to do, and I would really like to get into doing virtual ones as well, so that um, so that I can do it with people that have health challenges. It basically, I mean, in essence, um, with the Desire Map, it's based on knowing how you actually want to feel, and that being the most potent form of clarity that you can have. Um, and then you generate those feelings based, or you generate how you go through life based on your feelings and how you create your life. Because the biggest thing is, is you know, you're not really chasing the goal. You're chasing the feeling that the goal is going to give you. Um, and I really struggled before I even got diagnosed with making goals and, and that type of thing. And to me, figuring out what my core desired feelings are, like I said, one of them is um, to be to feel harmonious really helped me because when I wake up in the morning, if I feel like crap or if I've got a whole lot of appointments and I don't know what to do, I can look at my core desired feelings um, once I've gone through the desire map process and figure out, you know, what can I do right now this minute to, you know, feel harmonious. Um, one of the other ones is expressive. And, you know, what can I do in this appointment with this doctor where he, you know, I feel like he's really overwhelming me. What can I do to represent my core desired feeling of being expressive or feeling expressive you know i can tell him what i need you know i can stop him um so it just to me it was just kind of a lifesaver um when i found danielle laporte and and the desire map process and it it took me a while to figure out what my core desired feelings were but 
it's just something that I, I really feel a passion for, particularly with people that are going through life struggles, and they wouldn't necessarily have to be health struggles. I mean, obviously that's something I can speak to. Um, and it wouldn't necessarily have to be cancer. It could be Lyme disease or it could be, you know, diabetes that's really kind of taken over your life because, you know, if, in whatever, you know, divorced women, because it's it's hard to get up in the morning. And if you could just take those baby steps and figure out, okay, how do I want to feel, you can do things to feel that way. And then your bigger goal, goals will actually follow the smaller, you know, core desired feeling goals. Yeah, I think you're definitely bringing something fresh to the table with that. A lot of us know what, you know, the desire map is, but um, mm-hmm. really a couple thousand people are going to be listening to this <laughs> in the very near future. Um, so let's, can they contact you through their website if they want to work with you that way? Maybe yep. we can get your first, you know, workshop going of 2016. Um, contact her. Go to www. Did I say too many W's? <laughs> Lisa Yon, J-A-H-N.com. Um, if you're interested in that, let her know so she can set up a virtual r- workshop for everybody. Yep. And there's a section, there's a desire map section on there, and you should be able to fill out like a little thing at the bottom that, you know, will lead you there or, you know, just send me an email or something like that. Because, you know, I'm going to be honest that, you know, I, my health this year has been a little bit more challenging than it had been previously. And this year was the year that I was really going to, you know, kind of launch this. So um, I try to be as diligent as I can about going back to the website um, and dealing with, with website things. But um, if I don't get back to you right away, it's, you know, just because, you know, that's part of my life. Because it used to really bother me, and then I was like, you know, I need to self-care, and part of my self-care is doing as much as I can for everyone, but also taking care of myself so I can do things for everyone. So, um, I, you know, it may take me a little while to get back to you, but I will do my best, and, you know, I'm looking forward to 2016 being a good year and being able to really share this passion with everyone. Yeah, and it gives, I mean, I think, I love the tip about self-care. You have to care for yourself first actually, mm-hmm. before you can care for other people, or there's no you <laughs> right, to care right. for them. Um, so that's great to mention. But also, you know, we're talking about giving meaning to the things that happen to you, and this year has been really rough for you, and maybe there's a purpose in that, a greater purpose, you know, that's going to lead you into 2016 and the people that you're here to serve. Yeah, I mean, that's my feeling, because, I mean, I didn't have to – I didn't have need to have chemo until this year. Had I not had chemo this year, I wouldn't be able to stand up in front of people that have cancer who have gone through chemo and say, you know, I know what you're, you know, what you're dealing with. Um, I was yeah. very blessed my first, you know, four and a half years of not having had to go through that. So, you know, again, because what story do you I want to tell? Chemo stinks. I don't like it. But, you know, I now have more knowledge than I had before that I can help people with. And why not help them if I can? Because, you know, it's just part of life. You know, do what you can and and be yeah. as, as much light as you can and, you know, deal with it. And you totally are. I know you have something that you wanted to read really quick, too, and we only have minutes, so I don't. Okay. I want to make that happen. So <laughs> you have that with you so you can read yes. us this little passage yes, that you wanted to? This is just, it's this from is the Desire Map? From, yep, this is a paragraph from Danielle Laporte's Desire Map book, and I just it kind of speaks to the way I feel about life and, and, you know, why this speaks to me um, so much. 
Desire is the engine of creation. It is the apex of our expanding consciousness. It infuses us with the courage to do the most noble acts, to sacrifice and pursue and wrest ourselves away from darkness to move into the light. It can drive us to madness, despair, and disabling doubt. Desire steers our pleasure, pursuits of food, sex, joy, self-expression, and connection. Through our wanting, we come to know more of ourselves, each other, and life. Mm. And I just really think that that, you know, and I, you know, it does have the whole light thing in it too, which is kind of our focus, but that just kind of speaks to me as far as, you know, what I want to do with my life and what I would like people help, like to help people find in life, regardless of what their situation is. Yeah. Yep. Again, I'm. This is the perfect way to end 2015. I personally see the solstice as that first spark of the new year. That mm-hmm. I do celebrate Happy New Year on the first, but this is the solstice is when I really start focusing on you know lighting the path for the year ahead. And um, mm-hmm. I love that we got to end with you reading that passage because working with your core desired feelings. Working with your core desired feelings is such a great way to start a new year rather than, yes. you know, making a long list of New Year resolutions that you know you're not going to get. Right. You're going to make yourself feel like crap two weeks in when you've realized you've already dropped the ball on, like, at least half of them. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Happy New Year, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Solstice. Merry Yule. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa, and um, much love to you. I look forward to watching what happens with your journey unfolding in 2016. Great. Thank you so much, Joan. Thank you for letting me share um, some of my feelings and some of my thoughts with everyone. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it, too. (laughs) Much love, everybody. Much love. I'll be back. I'll be back in 2016 talking at you. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.